Everybody have your Bible. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 7. Genesis the 7th chapter. And I will begin reading with verse number 1. Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1. And it reads, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Underline this, this generation. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens and gave them instructions on how to bring those things in according to God's plan and purpose. And verse 5 said, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. All right. Thank you. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Again, underscore his generations. And Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for flesh, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make me an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and pitch it within and without. And everybody said, Amen. And then turning to the book of Matthew, chapter 24, Matthew the 24th chapter, and I'm going to read verse 36 down through verse 39. But of that day and hour, what day and hour? The end of time, the end of times, not just time, but times. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And everybody said, Amen. I want to give you a good word for troubled times. And everybody said, Amen again. God bless you. You may be seated. One does not have to look at the present situation of our world without realizing the closeness, similarity of the things that we are seeing today and those things that were spoken by the Lord concerning the end time, the days before the coming of the Son of Man. And we find throughout Scripture prophecies about the hour in which we live. Matthew, 
Mark, Luke, John, and many others prophesied as they were led of the Lord of a day that would come. And God gave us warning. He gave us insight. He gave us understanding of what that day would look like and how it would appear. And it behooves all of us that we pay attention in the hour in which we are now living. We live in a time when you can literally feel the tension. There is a great deal of frustration in our world. You cannot turn on the news or pick up a newspaper You cannot listen to a commentary without feeling the friction that is in the air. You cannot go about your daily business without realizing that something is up. Something is going on. There are all kinds of things happening in the political world. And there are all kinds of things happening in not only the political world but the physical world. Unbelievable and unusual weather patterns that have come to our world. Snow and blizzards and rain and drought and earthquakes and tornadoes. Think about it. Over the last two or three years, the number of devastating tornadoes, not just one or two, but hundreds upon hundreds of them that have come down within our own borders in the United States and destroyed and wrecked such havoc. We look to the north and we see that even in other climes, in other climates, there are the same kind of problem. I was at a funeral last night and a dear friend of mine said, who lives in the middle of Arkansas, in a little place called Truman, Arkansas, He said, we woke up the Saturday morning to a 3.9 earthquake, shaking our little community in the heart of the United States. And so it is across the globe. There are all kinds of things happening. And they are all simply fulfilling the prophecies, fulfilling what God said was going to come to pass in the last days. And it behooves us that we be aware of that, that we are living in the last days. I don't know how much more uh, uh, simple God could have made it than he did Though the day is unknown, the season would certainly be recognized and we see all of the happenings and we realize that we are in the midst of great upheaval and we are certainly in the beginnings. Brother, President Obama, he's he talking about Friday being Armageddon. He doesn't even have a clue what Armageddon is really going to be like. But all of that is coming upon the earth. We can argue a lot of things, but none of us can refute the powerful truths of nature and the powerful truths of the world in which we live that are fulfilling to the T the very words that the Lord had spoken would come to pass. Meteors coming, shaking communities, and coming close to our United States. The Bible speaks about the day in which men's hearts will fail them 
for fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. They don't know how to predict what's going to happen next. They don't even know how to forecast the weather. That's what I want to be is a weatherman. You don't ever have to be right, but you make six figures and you can smile and be on camera and wave at mother every day. But, you know, they don't, and the truth is, I'm being facetious, I think you know that, but the truth is, they don't know what's happening. They can't predict, they try with all the modeling and all of the computers, but even the computers and the modeling cannot come up with all of the twist and turn. Who would have ever thought that New York City would have been inundated by a hurricane that was very similar to what happened to New Orleans and flooded all of that community and then you add in the violence and all of the anger and the animosity and the killings. Folks, you need to wake up and realize just how close we are to the coming of the Lord. And that ought to excite somebody here tonight. Amen. If it does, if that scares you, then you need to come to this altar and let's talk to the Lord a little while. It ought to excite you, the coming of the Lord. Jesus said the last days would be like the former days. And he spoke about the day of Noah. And that day was a very interesting day in itself. And it has such a wonderful lesson for all of us tonight. What is interesting to me is that when you study world history and you study world cultures, you will find that there is a story of a flood without exception only in a very few parts of the world that there is the story of a flood, no matter the branch, no matter the, 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 the sect of humanity, there is in the tradition of most people the story of a flood. They, they may vary in their respects of how they are told, yet they all teach the same fact that something devastating, something cataclysmic happened. Waters were released and the world that they knew was transformed. And so it is. There is something powerful about the story of Noah and about the days of Noah that the Lord would use that to compare to our day so that when we are in these days we would not be ignorant of how to live and we would not be ignorant of the facts of what really is going on. The far off hour of Noah's day is a reality and the flood is not an idle story. It is an actual fact and what I want to do tonight is share with you the, some of what I think the purpose of God was in giving such a large place in His Word and a large place concerning the end time when He typed it to the day of Noah. What are the timeless lessons that you and I need to remember in these uncertain times? What do we need to think about in days that are uncertain? What do we need to do in our own personal life? Number one, I think the most important fact and the most important lesson that Noah's day teaches us is the fact that God, listen to me, no matter what man may think, God is watching. God is watching. He's not blind. He's not ignorant. 
We may be made to think that the years roll by and time goes on and nothing changes. I've heard about this since I was a child. The Lord was coming and I always thought he was going to come a long, long time ago. If I'd have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken a little better care of myself. But I've always known the Lord was coming. But I, I want to tell you tonight, I feel there is an urgency in my spirit. And there is something that God wants me to tell you that you need to be aware of that no matter what it may look like right now and no matter how it may appear that the devil is winning and evil is triumphing, you just understand me tonight when I tell you that God is watching. God is watching. There is no eye like his that is fixed upon the scene. Men may be eating and marrying and giving in marriage and doing their own thing uninterrupted, it seems. But God is watching. Amen. Tell somebody that God is watching. The story was meant to teach us that God is not indifferent to our situation. I look around sometimes and I'm, I've, been, I've been in the church all of my life and I've heard about the, the coming of the Lord since I was old enough to understand what the preacher was saying. Amen. And I remember being scared when my pastor would preach about the coming of the Lord. I I remember I was usually one of the first ones into the altar because I I knew I wasn't ready, or at least I didn't think I was as a child, and I would I would go down there and cry and pray and and then you get up and you go to school the next day and everything's just like it was the day before. Nothing that he said seemed to be coming to pass. Nothing that he said seemed to be making sense the next day. And so it has been for fifty seven years of my life, or fifty eight or whatever your years are, it seems that nothing has changed it just the same old thing and 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 life keeps going on but i'm telling you the day of noah teaches us that god is not indifferent he does not sit somewhere unconcerned with sin and sorrow at a rampant pace. god is watching and the hour will come it will come this story bears it out and when he said the days of the end are going to be like the days of Noah, you can underline this fact that the hour will come because it has already come when God is going to bear his arm. And God is going to show not only us but the world who really is in charge. And he is going to remind us again that I've been watching. Ah, uh, yeah, when you thought nobody saw you, when nobody was paying, and it didn't matter what you were doing, God said, I was watching. He will work His majesty. Men were utterly vile before the flood, and God saw that. You hear me? God sees every vile, wicked act that's being done today. God sees every evil deed that's being done. He sees every underhanded, every criminal. 
crooked deal. He sees every evil alliance that's being made. He sees the unraveling of a fabric of a nation. He sees all that men are doing to undermine godliness and principles of righteousness. God sees all of that. And there will be a day when he will roll his arm up and he will show the world what righteousness can do and what righteousness spurn can do. He will show the world that he has been paying attention. Amen. Praise God. And he did. He showed that world that he was paying attention. He also saw among the many the one who lived holy, and he saw that one. You hear me tonight. You may feel like a needle in a haystack trying to live for God and do right. You know, you, you, you try to run a business by principles, and everybody around you is cutthroat, underhanded, lie, cheat, steal. They'll come in your backyard and take everything you've got. If, 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 there's no principles upon which they act. And if you're not careful, you get to thinking, what difference does it make? Why not be like them? Why not? You know, be as in Rome, be as the Rome. But I'm here to tell you tonight that as sure as God saw the vile and the wicked, God saw the one man that said, you know what, I don't care what anybody else does. I don't care how they live their life. I don't care what the principles they govern themselves by. I heard from the Lord. And the Lord said something's about to happen to this world. And I believe what God said about what's going to happen. And I'm going to live my life based on what I know He has said. And God saw one man among the many that was trying to live right. So don't you ever feel like you're the lone ranger. I'm the only one trying to serve God. You may be, but God sees you. Amen. Brother J.D., you may be the only righteous man out at, at that plant right now. I don't know who all's out there, but I, God sees that. Brother, Brother Miller, you may be the only righteous male company in this whole area. I don't know that, but you may be the only one that's doing things according to the law and living according to those principles, but whatever the case, God sees that. When I think about all of the business and brother, brother, brother Buddy and, and all of you that are involved in, in, in the secular world and you see what they're doing and how they operate and every once in a while there's something in all of our flesh that says, you know what? That's not fair. If I'm going to get ahead, I'm going to have to learn to, I'm going to have to learn to play by their rules. Listen to me. Noah never lowered his rules to play by the rule of their culture. He said, I got something from a higher source and that's what I'm going to govern my life by. You better hear this preacher tonight. I don't care what our culture does. I don't care if living together is okay. I don't care if fornication is okay. I don't care if adultery is no longer adultery and homosexuality is no longer homosexuality. God sees the righteous man among the wicked and God is going to honor and God is going to keep and God is going to reward the righteous man among the ungodly. Amen. God's going to do it. So don't lower your standards to try to get by. Keep those principles high because as sure as God saw the wicked, he saw the just man. Amen. The Bible said that. He saw Noah, and Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
Amen. In the eyes of the Lord, God been looking. God's been looking, folks. Oh, yeah, he'd been hiding in the, in the corner when you weren't even paying attention. He was looking. He's watching how I transact my life. And God saw the godly living among the vain, and he rewarded. Men thought they could live and sin as they pleased, but the day dawned when their tragic error was revealed. And what a day that was. Listen, folks, don't let any of us think that God does not see us. He sees you. Amen. He sees you. Lift your head up. Be a righteous person among the ungodly. If we are struggling in an evil surrounding to do good, God sees that. If we are struggling in an unfair economic environment, God sees that. If we are struggling in an immoral world and we're trying to live a moral life, God sees that. And God is going to reward me according to what he sees in me. Amen. God is watching. He is watching. He is paying attention. Let none of us think that God does not see. Amen. No Noah can ever be hidden from the gaze of God no matter what his surroundings are. You can be mired up to your eyeballs in evil or surroundings, I'm saying, not in your doing evil, but in evil surroundings, and God still sees you. Amen. Praise God. So understand that God sees. Not only does God see, but the second lesson that Noah's day teaches me that uncertain times, that in that in uncertain times we must live by faith and not by fear. Amen. The Bible says, by faith, Noah. By faith, Noah. God had a plan for the world, and God had a purpose. And you can find your part in that plan and purpose if you will walk by faith. But if you live by anything other than faith, you will never find the fulfillment of those promises in your life. You must live your life by faith, not fear. Amen. That's one of the most important things I can tell you tonight. Live by faith. Fear will not tie you to God's promises. Fear will literally tear you away from them. Fear will not connect you to what God is doing. Fear will take you away from what God is doing. So whatever you do in this hour, live by faith and not fear. Amen. Live by faith. Say, Brother Hughes, I don't know what's going to happen. That's all right. He does. And he can be trusted. I don't know how it's going to all turn out. I don't either, but I know he does and he can be trusted. Somebody asked Mrs. Einstein one time if she understood all the theories of relativity and all the other things that he was so well known for. And she said, no, I don't, but I understand him and I trust him. That's all you need to know. I know him and I trust him. I don't have to know tomorrow as long as I know the one who holds tomorrow. 
And I don't even know how, I don't even have to know how it's all going to wind up as long as I know he's going to wind it up. And he is because he's the one that started it. And his, and he's, he made the promise, he that hath begun a good work in you shall what? Shall finish it. He shall perform it. He's going to bring it to an end. Amen. So live by faith and not fear. In an hour when fear is rampant, it is out of, uh, of the banks like a roaring river. I, I saw something on the internet just today, just a glimp, glimpse of something. Uh, and the, the terrified feelings and the attitudes of men, you see it on their faces of what in the world is going on in our world. Fear, fear everywhere, fear of tomorrow, fear of the economy, fear of our government, fear of guns, fear of no guns, fear of, of, of running out, fear of not having enough. Everywhere we turn, people are being overwhelmed by a sense of fear. But Noah, in the midst of a chaotic world, in the midst of a sin intoxicated world he lived by faith now listen folks you are not going to live by faith in a world like we live in and not be mocked every once in a while don't you think that somewhere along the way when Noah has laid that beam in his front yard and started building this massive boat or whatever it is he calls it don't you think while the sun is shining bright and there's not a cloud in the sky, somebody come by and said, what you doing, Noah? What you up to today, Noah? Well, I'm, I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to, you're trying to what? I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to obey God's word for my life and for my family. <laughs> well, what you doing, Noah? Hey, Noah. You seen any clouds lately? There wasn't a cloud for 120 years that I know of. There wasn't even an indication that anything he was doing was coming to fruition until that day. Don't be deceived by appearances. Don't think that what you see right here is all there is to it. There's a whole lot more going on. <laughs> oh, yes, there's a whole lot more going on. Noah, faithfully, faithfully, he just kept building on that ark. I can imagine they mocked him. They, they ridiculed him. They, they made jokes about Noah and the boat. And Noah... And all of the other things, I, I can't even, my mind won't even go there. What all ridicule there, there, there must have been toward him as men came by and looked at him in sunshine. Not a cloud in the sky, caught, cutting away, knocking boards in the place, cutting down timber doing all the things he had. He didn't have any meals to send it to. He had to do it all. No wonder it took him so long to get it ready. But he kept working on it. The skies were not dark when he started to prepare, and they weren't dark when he finished it. But they got dark pretty quick. Amen. The skies were not laden with rain, but rain came.
Sometimes you have to work without seeing it all, but you just keep on working. Amen. When the first beams were laid, not a cloud in the sky, and there was a murmur in the hearts of men, but Noah kept on building because he was living by faith, not by sight. When people came by and told him this and that, he lived by faith because he was not fooled by appearances. He had nothing but God's bare word to hold on to, but that was good enough, and he held on to it. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I need to tell somebody tonight that all you've got is just a bare word, but you bear that word in your heart and you hold on to it because God's word will never return void. It will accomplish the purpose. Everybody mocked, but he found a way. Amen. They found out at last how wise it was to believe God rather than man and to walk by faith and not by sight. Be true to God no matter what. Be true to God even when appearances say otherwise. Be true to God even when you are tempted to give in to the pressures of the times because God's going to keep his word. Amen. God's going to keep his word. The third thing that this story tells me is that you don't, Let standing alone bother you. Amen. Don't let standing alone bother you. No matter what anyone else does, live for God. No matter what anybody else says, live for God. It pays off, folks. It pays off. It'll pay off in this life, but it's really going to pay off in that next life. Amen. Don't let standing alone bother you. Though no one stands with me, I will serve him. Though though no one goes with me, laugh at me, mock me, tell me how ridiculous it may seem. But I made up my mind a long time ago what God had to say was more important than what man had to say. And last but not least is that in in an hour in which we live, you can find favor with God if you want to. Amen. The Bible said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And because he found favor in the eyes of the Lord, he evidently found favor in the eyes of man. And even though they mocked him at one point, they also helped him at another. Most Bible scholars believe that in order to accumulate the amount of material that Noah would have needed for building such a boat. He would have had to have had favor among the people to get that kind of material. Now, Brother Jay, you're a builder. I don't know. You figure up the art. You tell me how much material it would take. How many trees you're going to have to cut down. You think Noah and his three boys could cut that many trees down even in 120 years? No. I don't believe that no more than I believe I'm the Pope. What I do believe is that because they found, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord, God gave him favor among men. Men that mocked him. Men that ridiculed him. God still gave him favor with them to do what needed to be done for that hour. And I'm here to tell you, I don't care what anybody else says. 
I don't care what anybody else tries to tell you that you can find favor with God and God's favor is better than having the president slap you on the back. It's better than getting an invitation to come and dine in the White House. It would be better for you to know the favor of God than for you to be on a first name basis with Rick Perry or any other person in our government to know God and to have his favor. God can open doors that no governor, no president, no world leader, and God can shut a door that nobody else can open. What I want in this hour is the favor of God upon my life. And the only way I'm going to get the favor of God is if I live according to his principle, not the principles of the culture in which I live. You cannot live like the culture around you and find favor with God. Noah found favor because he was righteous, because he was trying to do right. He was trying to live an overcoming life. He would not give in. And what could be better than finding favor with God? You want a job promotion? Quit seeking the job promotion and start seeking a place with God. Find favor with God and God will give you favor with men. He's already proven it to a number of you in this place tonight. Some of you wouldn't even be where you are tonight if it wasn't for the favor of God. Amen. Talent, oh, I know you got talent. I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. But the fact is this turtle wouldn't be sitting on this fence post if it hadn't been for somebody helping me. And how did I find that? It wasn't because of my talent. I, my, my, my gifts are so limited, I'm embarrassed sometimes. But when you try, when you seek after God, and, and He is the number one priority of your life, and you want His blessing on your life more than you want anything else, God will bless you among men. Amen. He will, lift, he will bring you to the place. You don't have to seek leadership. You just seek God, and God will put you in leadership places. He'll put you in places where you can have influence. I'd rather be the one lone man standing and be saved than to be among the millions and be lost. Amen. Which would you rather have, fame or favor? Amen. Which is more important, fame or favor? I want the favor of God. I want when God looks at me for him to say, that's what I want. That's what favor is. That's what I want. When he looks at my efforts, they're not perfect. But when he looks at you and my, and my effort and he sees us in our toil and in our effort to do right. And he said, that's what I'm looking for. I would rather have God's favor than the fame of the world. Nope no matter who it came from. So the moral of the story is simple. Do right no matter what. No matter how hard it is, no matter how easy it would be to slip into the culture that we live into, no matter how out of step with society you might become, God is watching. Amen. God is watching. Amen. God is watching. And you can find favor. And if you have to stand alone, stand alone. But it will be worth everything to be saved. Everything to be saved.
Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The, the mystery of all of Noah's story, I don't even have time to go into it all, but the Bible said that God brought him into that ark ahead of time. Seven days before the flood actually began, God shut him in with all of that stuff. I don't know about you, but in a day's time, there's a lot of stuff accumulates in my life. I mean, you, you think about it. All the animals that were on there, do you realize? And he shut him up for seven days before the waters ever started falling or they ever started rising. Seven days. I, there's some things about how God works his plan out for my life I don't understand. But there are times that we feel shut up. We feel like we're hemmed in. We're hooked. We are, we're, we're locked into something we can't get out of. But you know what? Lock me in if you have to, Lord. But let me be saved. Amen. Some of you are locked into some things right now. You're trying to fight your way out of You know what? God's got his hand on you. Just let him work it out. And if you'll let him work it out, he'll take you through whatever whatever it is that you're locked into. God will take you through it. Amen. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. Why? Because God's watching. And not only is God watching, but God sees and God God is going to do what he's going to do and when he does I want to be on the happy side amen let's stand together